Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Oh. Who's an American podcaster <laughs> on YouTube. Mm. See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Sounds almost as exciting as the movie we watched. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get into we'll get into the 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 ins and outs, the ups and downs, the buttholes. <laughs> I was trying to turn ups and downs into a bungee joke, but we'll we'll, we'll ah. get there. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, so, yes, today this is a horror movie podcast. Of course, uh, we talk about horror movies. We start spoiler free, and we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. But the movie we are discussing today is an American werewolf in. Le Paris. <laughs> Le Paris. Yes. So we did uh, the original film uh, back for Werewolf Month. Uh, I mean, we recorded that like nearly a year ago at this point, but that, that came out in like... It wasn't too long ago we did it, I feel like. No, no. I mean, it came out in like, I think April was Werewolf Month when it actually got released. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was like maybe in November, December, we recorded it. Um. Okay. But yes, and for some reason Tim felt compelled <laughs> to suggest that we do the second one, and I would. I I've never seen this before, but I've heard. Oh, wow, <laughs> I, I've heard the stories. I've heard. Well, I don't even heard story. I've just I've I've heard the dismay. I've heard I've heard the pain, and <laughs> I wasn't excited about it. But it, we'd done the first one. It made sense to try and knock this one out and just get it out of the way. So it's well, done. It was... Yeah, I mean, it, it was kind of like therapy uh, for me because I, I, I did see it when it came out, but I don't really remember much about it. But I had actually watched it like maybe last year around Halloween time or maybe a little bit before that. I think at some point last year, I just randomly watched it to watch a movie because <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen this in like forever. Um, and as soon as I watched it, I knew like, oh, I got to make Pete watch this. Like, this is <laughs> something we something that I feel like we need to discuss. Like, you can't just leave a movie like this on the table without acknowledging it. What's so funny to me about this is that I, I've never seen this mm-hmm. uh, in its entirety. But I okay. think I caught like maybe like a couple of minutes once. From like on music the t- videos? No, on TV. Or, like, okay. th- just, you know, it was on at like, you know, two in the morning or something when I was like a teenager. And mm-hmm. I think the only thing I, I I think I saw was maybe some scenes of people running around outside a house or maybe in a tunnel or something like that. <laughs> but what struck me as odd is that my memory of what I thought I saw almost set me up for more of a shock <laughs> when I went to watch this because I remembered it seeming like a dull movie. <laughs> and it, it, it has dull in a lot of ways, don't get me wrong, but there's some <laughs> absurd things Absolutely. in this. Yeah. <laughs> which which was shocking me in multiple ways, especially in the first like half hour or so, where yes. I was just really like wowed by the tone, mm-hmm. by the type of movie that was kind of trying to be, which is not a sequel to the Mercury Wolf in London. <laughs> no, not at all. It's actually quite a while before we get. To the, I mean, not, not, not that it doesn't go all in on the werewolf nonsense because it does, but <laughs> it takes a little bit of getting there. You you would be forgiven for the first thirty minutes for thinking this is actually just some sort of teens go on vacation sex comedy <laughs> yeah. uh, with 90s clothes and a 90s soundtrack lots of oh yeah, dear god yeah music from the era and 
you know you can definitely tell this came out around the same time as a bunch of other you know it was it was like an overdose of like the just the 90s (laughs) you know it's so funny because like the i feel like the uh you know an american werewolf in london the soundtrack is like so iconic like everyone you know remembers like you know the, the all the different like uh songs like with moon on it you know in the title and like bad moon rising and stuff playing in american werewolf in london but like and this one you just get stuff like smash mouth as like <laughs> you know the two dumb best friends are like running around like the worst green screen <laughs> paris backdrop you've ever seen so there's three of them two friends Oh, there's two friends. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's two. There's, there's the main guy plus two friends. Right, right, right. I, I thought you were saying two. I was like, no, no. There was two in the original film. <laughs> there's three in this one. No, right, yeah. <laughs> when like one seems to, well, honestly, both of the friends like seem like they're just kind of forgotten about <laughs> for most of the movie. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get into the specifics <laughs> as, as, as we do, but. I, yeah, I, so I, I was wowed by the tone of this. I was wowed mm. that this was absurdly 90s. And you were wowed by the special effects. <laughs> well, in a manner of speaking, yes, I was wowed <laughs> by the by the visual effects. This The CG in this is... Uh, well, it's <laughs> this came out in 1997, and yeah. they decided to go full CG pretty much for all of the werewolf <laughs> stuff. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did look, you know, it's this nineteen ninety seven CG in a movie that's not that big budget. So brace yeah. yourselves, I guess, is my only advice. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that, that, but honestly, I mean, obviously, they're the most prominent bad visual effect, but there's some really, really bad green screen. Uh, and oh yeah, when I I mentioned <laughs> bungee jumping, uh, mm. there's some really weird looking effects and mm-hmm. some weird understandings of physics and perspective <laughs> when it comes to said bungee jumping for sure and that's before we even get to the weird setup and why there's bungee jumping and the, the ridiculousness <laughs> of said budget there's like a lot of narrative weirdness to it on top of just the the visuals looking like shit absolutely so, yeah there's a lot to get into with that with that side of things um yeah, so yeah, it is, a, it is a sequel, kind of, to the record in London. Um, I mean, like, other than the title, <laughs> there really isn't any connective tissue. Well, no, that's not entirely true. <laughs> we, we have, like, uh, you know, like... Werewolves, uh, okay. <laughs> well, no, 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 we have, like, a dead person coming back and talking like, right, with right, the same right, kind right. of makeup. You know, mm-hmm. there's definitely some things that are clearly continue it like and enough that they can't argue this is just a, a different movie with a similar title like i, I think mm-hmm. this legally is a sequel because it had has a few <laughs> ideas that, that were carried over unfortunately yes it, it must be referred to as a sequel but then again there's a lot of it that feels like it isn't like connected to that film <laughs> at all uh it, it's just a weird thing because it like uh and that you know I, I was actually listening to um another podcast uh a uh, movie podcast had talked about this uh recently so i was actually like listening to it today and they were talking about some um like different like versions i, I guess of the script that went around there because i i think originally like john landis you know had like an earlier version um uh that he i, I don't know if he wrote like a full script or just did like a treatment or something but i i think it like a, a, um revolved around uh someone like from back in america like coming to london and, and trying to like uh track down you know, the 
the main characters and, and that kind of stuff. So like it, it involved like different characters and, and stuff. So there's yeah, at least some semblance of all right, we're continuing uh, the story, but um, yeah, it seems like what we got, like, again, you know, other than the kind of some of the mythology stuff you got there that really doesn't seem to be any kind of like, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like, uh, what do you call it? Like anything really tying it <laughs> to the original. Yeah, our main character is played by Tom Everett Scott. He plays Andy. Uh mm-hmm. People from this era might know him from That Thing You Do. Might be his biggest leading role, but he's, he's popped up in a lot of things. Uh, and the love interest is played by Julie Depley, which, and this this was like breaking my brain. So she, she's, <laughs> she's the love interest. Mm-hmm. And why this breaks my brain is that this is only a year or two after the first, uh, you know, before Sunrise, right? That's the start of that trilogy. And she's in that with Ethan Hawke. And that movie's whole sort of concept and kind of the gimmick of that movie, and I, I say that as a fan of the movie, uh, mm-hmm. is that they, they two meet in France and they end up just walking around talking and that's the whole movie, but they kind of fall for each other uh, as they're mm-hmm. doing that. So it's, it's this really smart, indie, romantic movie. Uh, it's all just like two characters, uh, two actors just... That have chemistry, can that, you believe it? <laughs> that have chemistry and just good dialogue that makes it all kind of work and it's just this you know really well celebrated romantic film and i just so you're I, saying <laughs> the scene in this movie where a bunch of condoms falls out of andy's pockets and he pretends it's <laughs> chewing gum you're saying that that's not up to the same standard as uh before sunrise i'm definitely saying that yes that's definitely one of, <laughs> one of the many things that i'm getting at in, in my quickie part it was just there was a moment where i realized it was her like early on and i went <laughs> Hmm, but this is uh, this is a bit of a step down for her after. And I think w- what actually popped into my head is that, so mm-hmm. that became a trilogy, right? So we got Before right. Sunset, which was eight years later, then eight years after that, Before Midnight. And it just mm-hmm. so happened that this year or last year was eight years on from Before Midnight, which, by the way, makes me feel ancient because I, I, it feels like that came out last year. <laughs> but well, you, you are old, so... Yes, not as old as you, though. Just keep that in mind. Um, but and it turned out the reason that, that there was some interest from uh, the director and even Ethan Hawke of doing a fourth one, and it was actually her that turned it down. And I can't remember exact reasons, but, you know, it, 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 it kind of came across as, uh, like, as an actor, she felt like, you know, she didn't want to, like, go back to that well. She didn't want to just retread the same ground, I think. So, like, maybe, I don't even know if she's acting that much anymore. Maybe that had something to do with it. But mm. it was kind of like this, this you know, decision that was made by someone who cares about what they're doing and so on. And I couldn't <laughs> help but feel watching this movie that she wasn't in a place in her career in 1997 sure. where, she, where she was like, I'm not doing this piece of shit movie. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm roped into this. So I just, I love that this, this movie is an American movie from London meets Before Sunrise but is really, really shit as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I believe that was the tagline on the poster. So that just wows me um, like nothing else. Uh, so yeah, you got you got Andy's well, two best friends as well who are traveling with him, and that's that's, your, that's kind of your main cast. Also, the mum from uh, Modern Family shows up mm-hmm. uh, in a, in a Wasn't role. Wasn't she in Lost too? I don't know if she was in Lost. She's in, she's in Happy Gilmore. I can, I can tell you that. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you say that you say that as if you if you if you knew that um i like happy gilmore but yeah i forgot that she was in that 
Yeah. I actually didn't realize that was her. It was only when I was looking... I was just looking, looking the actors up when I was watching the movie. Because uh, would you believe it? There's some lols. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I th- and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that was the actress from Modern Family who was in Happy Gilmore. Uh, I don't I mean, I don't remember, but in Lost. But I mean, that doesn't mean... Oh, she wasn't Lost. You're right. Okay. Yeah, looking that up. Who, who is she in Lost? Sarah Wagner. Was she one of the oh, scientists? Sarah Shepard. Oh, so she must be Jack's, Jack's ex-wife or something. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That, that that would also make sense why her name changed from his name to presumably <laughs> her maiden name. Uh, interesting. Okay. I did not remember that. Lost, but... good show. You got to watch it. <laughs> I agree. It's a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I've not watched it? <laughs> It doesn't sound like it. I mean, I mean I, I mean, I just said that she must be Jack's wife. Why? How would I know that if if I haven't seen the show when I saw her name was Shepherd? Good questions. Almost as mysterious as the island itself. <laughs> oh, almost as mysterious as whatever liquid was being consumed by the writer as he as he wrote this <laughs> turd. Um, so. Yeah, that's the cast. Not much to say. Uh, laughable so, CGI. I also feel like there's like a lot of. I don't know if you felt this, but like, yeah, I mean, I noticed a lot of the green screen. I also felt like there's a lot of ADR, especially like from the main character. It seemed like, I don't know, a lot of his like dialogue just felt off to me. I don't know if that's accurate or just the way I was hearing it. No, I think you're probably right. Uh, there was. Maybe I was just too busy paying attention to everything else that was wrong. <laughs> but That's a lot, yeah. It, it doesn't sound implausible to me that there was a lot of ADR in this. Uh, I, I, yeah, I I think the, the big thing for me is just how absurd, not only the romance itself is, but just how absurd all of the story beats are. And Absolutely. Like, like how these two love interests meet, for example, is a ridiculous... Mm-hmm. It's maybe, it may be the most ridiculous scene in the whole movie. Um, how that relationship continues, how it's pursued <laughs> by our main character mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Creepy. It, it, yeah, creepy, yes. <laughs> uh, how she responds to it, how they seem to jump to the next stage, ridiculous. Uh, there's is that just, a pun, jump to the next stage? It wasn't, but I'll take it. And <laughs> yeah, like, there's just so many ridiculous... Um, but then we actually have a villain in this movie. There's like, a threat that's set up there's there's a lot going on and there might be you know i I don't think i i don't think i have ever ever been able to explain to someone the best way to calm me down that i think julie deppley nails in this movie okay when she takes off her top grabs andy's hands (laughs) puts them straight onto her boobage and says, this will calm you down, no? Well, I mean, Andy is like, he's just like a giant baby, basically. Like, I think Julie, uh, what's her name? Seraphine. She she is actually, like, Seraphine, quite yeah. smart. And uh, I think she knows she's dealing with, like, a giant American idiot baby man. <laughs> so, like, yeah, she definitely does have to be, like, okay. And, and I can tell as someone that has a newborn, I, I can tell you that a breast... Does calm a baby down. <laughs> I can guarantee that for sure. So I, I, 
I don't know. I I felt like my, my my argument to this was like I mean in a way it'll calm me down, but it also <laughs> might uh, get me excited as well if you know what I mean. <laughs> like there's there's a well hey I mean you got to get those daredevil points the the sex points. <laughs> oh, uh, I, guess, especially... I forgot about the points. I forgot yeah. about the points. Luckily <laughs> they came, they, they seem to forget about that after like two scenes. So yeah, <laughs> luckily that was not a continuous thing. But yes, at the start of the movie they've got like a competition where they're giving each other points for. Like not even like like the sex points specifically for getting laid, but there was, there was like other points as well for. Well, they're on a and, and maybe you can uh, uh, let me know if this is something that you've done uh, as well. But they're going through a daredevil it. tour of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. Is this a common thing? Is is this something you've done with your mates? Maybe uh, on, when you're on break from uni, have did you go on a, a quick little daredevil tour? Tim's using some British words and it's really distressing. Um, I cannot say I did. No, no. Uh, nor, nor would I consider such a thing. Uh, I cer- I certainly wouldn't try to bungee jump with my own bungee rope. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, no, th- this is a uh, uh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're going through Europe on this like daredevil tour, and like they're they're razzing the the Andy at the beginning because. He hasn't been having as many points, uh, especially in the sex department, which is like weird because it's like, all right, I, I don't think I, I, I mean, actually I have something to say about this scene. It's not even okay, about okay. the ridiculousness of the point system. This okay. is basically <laughs> like a minor nitpick, but this really annoyed me. So they're sitting talking about whatever they're talking about, and in walks are Julie Detley, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I think it was her. I'll be honest, I didn't necessarily realize when they saw her again at the Eiffel Tower. I didn't realize it was the same person who was on the train. Um, I think I missed that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it's not, but the way they, they said something like it's her, I was like, oh, is it her from... Like, I don't mm-hmm. recognize her from that, but whatever. Anyway, so regardless, whether it's her or just some other woman, doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Woman walks in, sits down, the camera, of course, focuses on, like, all of her body before her face, mm-hmm. uh, as you do in a movie like this. And, like, <laughs> one of them's like, oh, man, super hot. Oh, these European chicks. And and they have this conver- this crude conversation about European chicks and how they're classy. And then one of them cracks a joke about, oh, is that why they've got uh, armpit hair? And then they crack some jokes about that. And one of them dares Andy to go over and talk to her, hit on her. He says, no, he's not my, she's not my type. And all throughout this, it keeps cutting back to her. And there's not a single flinch, response, glance, you know, so the movie's clearly telling us <laughs> that she can't hear them. And then one of them says, when was the last time you had sex? And immediately <laughs> it cuts to her and her eyes look up as if like, now she can hear them. Now she's mm. like, everything that, like, this was a question to him about him. And everything they were saying before was about her. <laughs> but somehow, <laughs> this is the moment where she finally reacts to what they're saying, as if she's been mm-hmm. hearing them the whole time. I don't know, the whole thing just felt weird to me. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. it's surprisingly not well done, <laughs> like any part of this movie. <laughs> I don't know, that's, that's, I know it sounds like, a, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big a deal. It's just the movie playing fast and loose with... Like, could she hear them before that line? Is it just, like, because they're not being any louder. <laughs> like, they're talking at the exact same level they have been the whole scene. It's it just one of those little things. Yeah. It is funny sometimes, like, when you focus on something like that. Like, I think I totally missed it, but I think it's just because, like, again, 
you know, I, I my vision was being blurred from like rolling my eyes so hard at every line of, of their stupid. I'll, I'll like, be honest, even just their their clothes not fitting them, uh, <laughs> the '90s hair, particularly on the one with the sort mm. of curtainsy kind of thing going on, uh, very very loud '90s dress and clothes sense, I would yeah. say, on this group. Totally, and it, and it's just such a like everything with these friends and stuff like it's so over the top and like it really does feel like if someone was writing like a parody of like you know one of those like teen sex romp kind of road trip movies and some of the comedy like i actually started to count them and i I, I can't really name them all (laughs) off the top of my head but there was at least five scenes in this movie where a character comically boinks their head on something like when they stand up and they hit their head or something akin to that it happens multiple times and the first one is actually the most ridiculously funny one i mean not not in a actually funny way but funny in a like this is supposed to be a big comedy moment like it's supposed to be a funny beat um so yeah there's so much there's so much and like to be fair you know i mean a lot of people might say like oh well you know the uh you know original american werewolf in london was like you know part comedy which i feel like sometimes people overplay the comedy in that like i think that there's definitely a lot of comedic parts in it but it it doesn't really feel like a comedy to me and it especially doesn't feel yeah it's more it's a definitely a horror movie with you know there's funny parts because the characters are well done and you know they act well so you know they're charming so you know they they say funny things and stuff at, at points and it's more natural, like, you know, the, the funnier yeah. parts of the first movie are, are probably, like, you know, when he wakes up naked in the zoo and he has to somehow get back to the... Like, it's it's all kind of natural, but he's still very much in character, but it doesn't feel like... Whereas this, like, you almost could hear, like, a kazoo. <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. At certain points with the <laughs> silly comedy. Yeah. So... Yeah, like, this is, like, so over the top and, like, trying so hard. Like, it, it feels like they really wanted to be, like, all right, well, let's do american pie but with werewolves or like some dumb shit like that yeah i mean that's actually came out before american pie but i, I know exactly what you mean oh, did it, it? Oh. yeah because it feels it feels post-american pie it's not it's very surprising yeah but it feels post-american pie <laughs> um which is i mean maybe american pie what you know maybe the writers and director of that watched this <laughs> they saw, okay there's something take some the werewolves ideas. out maybe you got some <laughs> <laughs> got some ideas here um <laughs> Yeah, so I I think we should probably just give a spoiler warning now, just so sure. we can start talking about everything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're kind of veering into it by just going to that opening scene and the train in detail. I guess uh, if if people want some like very broad level thoughts about the movie, I will just say uh, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, sure. Don't, don't, don't waste time. Uh, I, the, fact, the sad part is, is that I do think the first half an hour or so is so crazy taking in what the movie is. Uh, that mm. I, it, it was almost verging on, and no, I actually think I recommend this just to see how silly it is. Uh, but I would say the last like half or so is a, a bit more dull and kind of tedious to get. Through. Yeah, yeah, you, you kind of mentioned that earlier, and I was going to agree with you uh, about that. Is it? It's it's very strange because it does start off very big and wild, and it's definitely not good. But it is kind of funny in a you know it we like bad movies and stuff you know so so it does start off like kind of entertaining in that cheesy dumb stupid bad movie way uh but then there's a point and i think it's probably around the time 
after like the big werewolf attack and when he like jumps out the window it's like it's, yeah it's probably if not as soon as we see werewolves it's it's probably once he's fled and he's going yeah. through his montage of like starting to feel you know werewolf symptoms that's where yeah. the movie kind of grinds down to more and, normal but i mean it's still, there's still some stupid moments here or there but it's more normal yeah. bad from that point on and it, and it's weird because there is a lot of crazy stuff going on like like you said there's a there's a werewolf bad guy there's like this big like weird werewolf cult with like i don't know like world domination plans so it's kind of like strange to say that it's boring but it does get boring <laughs> from there yeah it's really dull in how it presents it so there's not yeah. really much to get into <laughs> Uh, so, full spoilers for an American Wolf in Paris from this point on. We kind of talked about the train scene, although that's technically not the first scene. The first scene, uh, there's operatic oh, right, music right. playing over the, the skyline of Paris as we get the titles before we see a man who looks like a scientist uh, <laughs> being chased down in the streets of Paris and then is pulled into a, into a sewer grate. And William Birkin. That's your, <laughs> your opening. <laughs> um, but there we go to the train. And then after the train scene, uh, unless there's anything else you want to add about the train scene. No, I mean, it's so dumb. It, you know, uh, I guess we already talked about it, but it sets up the characters. They're all three dumb Americans going on this Daredevil tour, which is, I guess is like half performing like sick extreme stunts because I, I guess this was the 90s. So, you know, if you could incorporate like bungee jumping or <laughs> like something like that into your movie, like all the more power to you. Is it, is uh, it just me or did they seem to like... I mean, I suppose it didn't really matter after a certain point, but it kind of felt like they forgot about trying to be daredevils after this one scene. Oh, no, totally. Yeah, like, it, if you're going to spend so much time setting it up, like, then at least do something with it. Like, I mean, not saying that it would have been a, a better movie or anything, but, you know, have that come into play and have them keep trying to do stunts or maybe they use the stunts to their advantage or something. I don't know. But um, also, like you were mentioning, like, the before, like, <laughs> bringing, like, your homemade jumpy rope, just the, the logistics of that and, like, I don't know how much, like, are they just, do they just have these giant bags full of rope? Uh, I don't know. It's very strange. It's, the whole thing's very odd. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, we say homemade. I mean, I'm sure he just bought a bungee rope, but like, right. it's still just weird. To lug it around. Yeah. It's still just weird to show up to a, you know, a tall location with your own bungee rope. Like, <laughs> yeah. first of all, almost every, I mean, I, I suppose this is why, because they sneak in, they, they sort of break into the Eiffel Tower after dark. It's not like they're yeah. going into it properly. Um, Which seems like if these idiots can do it, it, it has to be way too easy. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If <laughs> like I, I'm sure it's harder than this. Yeah, <laughs> I have no doubt. Same thing with like you know, spoiler alert, but same thing with Statue of Liberty. Um, yeah, <laughs> you can't just walk in there with a bunch of bungee jump. Oh yeah, rope. no, it's definitely illegal. <laughs> you definitely have to have permits and like, mm -hmm. uh, like you know, risk assessments and like. You know, there's a legal process you have to go through before you are allowed to do this. Uh, but you know like, what the problem is? Is if you go and get the permits, they're going to take off those daredevil points. <laughs> like, places that do bungee jumping, like if you're going to do... But if you mm -hmm. if you want to try bungee jumping, you don't just do it yourself. You go to experts right. who will tra talk you through it and you know, supply their own... Like, they they have obviously got licenses to do that, That where they, where they right. go to do it. They're, they're permitted to do it there. You don't... So, anyway, they break out of the Eiffel Tower. Course, we should mention, though, that we do have a uh, top tier on Patreon where you will <laughs> do a homemade bungee jump. No, I did not. $300. Yes, it's, it's a, it's a five-foot <laughs> rope, and I will jump off of a 10-foot platform. <laughs> <laughs> 
head first so and there'll be a crash mat <laughs> <laughs> just just you know all, all, all these qualifiers um a crash mat you say a crash mat yes better than a regular mat yes it's thicker <laughs> and softer mm. and breaks your fall <laughs> so you don't crash into oh. the ground eh, Matt might break your fall I mean, probably, I'd probably, I mean let's face it if Matt broke my fall though, we'd probably just both die I mean, rather, rather, rather than just me so they break into the Eiffel Tower they go up to near the top and they're getting ready to they, they get the rope out and I'm like Wait, what are they doing is that a bungee rope what, what, what is this <laughs> I, I, I'm baffled at the whole process of this and then out of nowhere Julie Deppler shows up and they, they kind of hide and they do that comedy thing where all three of their heads are peeking out from the side mm-hmm. um, and I'm like oh this is taking a turn there's a woman here to commit suicide <laughs> like, which, which <laughs> I presume is why most people break in here after dark is because they want to commit yep. suicide and hilarious <laughs> And I couldn't believe the events that transpired. Like <laughs> everything, everything that this builds up to. She goes to jump. Our our main man Andy tries to tell her not to, but she she goes anyway. He jumps out after her, but the other end of the bungee has not been attached to anything yet. <laughs> so we on two fronts we get the two friends up top diving for the rope and then holding on to it and like slamming into the the the, the fence as they're mm-hmm. trying to like hold on to them but the more silly part of this is do, do, do you know what it basically is it's like a scene from like a batman movie where mm-hmm. someone's falling off of a building and he's going down and he's got the grapple hook and he's like trying to like sort of like get down faster by like going into like an aerodynamic position so that he sure. can yeah catch the, the the women falling in time mm-hmm. but we also get like because it's a bungee rope <laughs> when he does grab her foot uh like he bounces back up she doesn't know because this is the thing when the bungee fully extends they're actually like a few foot off the ground so she just kind of falls onto the, <laughs> the ground and it's like yeah. a safe drop but mm-hmm. he like keeps a hold of her shoe so we get a lot mm. of Cinderella jokes over the next mm. 10 minutes, so brace yourselves for that. But the shots, like, see the shot of him bungeeing back up? And then the mm. ending of this is him boinking his head on one of the beams of the Eiffel Tower. That's how we end the scene. He boinks his head and it cuts to black. So I don't really know a lot about the human body, but, <laughs> I mean, first of all, if we start at the beginning, um, I think the the friends have got to be like messed up from this like the the force of like grabbing a you know a rope that's like rapidly falling with like a large heavy object attached at the end that's got to be like burning their you mm-hmm. know burning cutting up their hands like di- probably dislocating their shoulders and everything uh but no obviously they're they're relatively fine the next day and then uh yeah also uh you know the guys uh i believe not wearing a helmet um nope so again i've never bungee jumped myself uh but i don't really know about the physics of velocity or anything but i can't imagine you're just shooting up at an incredible speed and to just have your bare head uh smack dab against the cold unforgiving steel beams of the (laughs) eiffel tower uh like your head would just pop like a balloon like you're not gonna wake up the next day with i mean 
well actually i don't know if it's the next day like they kind of make it seem like it is like in reality it would probably be weeks but like he's got, he's got a bandage around his head which he takes off by that afternoon he's fine yeah he's like what happened oh i just like survived an amazing we, experience that no one should ever survive okay. we, ha- we have to find this girl i think i'm in love like we have to find her and he sends his two goons to go mm-hmm. look for her suicide note that she was going to leave behind because they, like, they might be able to use that to identify her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, first of all, the logic is kind of weird. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I guess whatever, it's the most thing you have to, to go by uh, at this point. But also, like, again, you know, like suicide is a very, like, serious, like, <laughs> topic. Uh, so you think the scene would maybe be played a little more sensitively but no again like i think this is the point where they're playing smash mouth and yeah it's like a just comedic it's, collage of like you know them like looking at the you know wrong people stuff and people being like oh what are you what are you doing it's just oh, yeah. like it's all played for laughs and for some uh, reason for some reason they seem to suspect that anyone walking around the base of the eiffel tower who happens to be reading something, maybe yes, reading her yes. suicide note. Yes. Why, why this random man yeah. who's clearly read the newspaper would have yeah. secretly, you know, like, like a kid in a class just like <laughs> had, a, had in a comic book inside yeah. his textbook. Like why he might be sneaking a peek at some suicide note right. that he's found off the ground. It's so bizarre. And then of course, one of them is just an excuse to like have like a joke where he's like looking over a woman's shoulder, but he's like, he ends up getting distracted by cleavage and she catches him. And exactly. He, she hits yeah. him with her bag and it's like, yeah, funny, hide it. Like, <laughs> the whole thing is a cartoon. The bungee rope thing was cartoon logic, right? That was Roadrunner yeah. logic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then this is all just like dumb sex comedy logic. Uh, yeah. And they actually end up going through the, the, the trash, which honestly is what they probably should have done first because it's more right, likely yeah. that someone would find a bit of paper and just throw it in the bin. Um, absolutely yeah and someone like throws them money thinking they're homeless and then they fight over <laughs> the, the the coin the one coin that someone tossed at them they fight <laughs> over that despite the fact that they're clearly at least able to go on a trip to europe <laughs> like so clearly yeah. not that poor that, <laughs> that uh you know also also uh one thing that i will give them is they are like really good friends because i don't know about you but if this was me like as soon as i left the hospital room i would say okay yeah i mean our friend is probably like crazy right like he is asking us to try to find this mysterious woman that he's like obsessed with and acting really weird about like we shouldn't like you know help uh foster those delusions right like like you would disappear for two hours and go back and say listen man i'm sorry but i couldn't find anything and then like take them home to america to get help i don't know if this is them being good friends or just being so stupid that they don't realize that this that's is actually crazy (laughs) that's what it comes across to me as so as this is all happening we cut back to oh i was the thing it's out in the middle of this or before this or after this whatever it is but would you believe it he sees her in the hospital he's lying in the hospital bed <laughs> and she walks past looking like she works there uh, and mm. I, honestly i can never figure out if she actually did work there or not i don't know if they actually she said it out loud because it kind of made I'm it seem sure. like she was just there to steal something as opposed to actually working there but then later on she clearly has medical expertise so maybe she does work in the hospital it was a whole it was a whole weird thing but anyway oh, that's clearly not... it's a nod to the original where uh the <laughs> romantic lead was a nurse <laughs> But that's not the point of the scene, though, that I want to get mm-hmm. to. The point of the scene I want to get to is the weirdest 
romantic standoff that one might have seen in a movie. And that is... So he gets up out of bed, he starts like running to the hospital halls trying to find her, and it looks like a dream sequence because all of the, so a lot of the ends of the hallways are exterior walls and they're all glass, so it's all these big windows. But instead of seeing outside, they sort of do that thing where they overlight it so it just looks like bright white, like through the glass, it just looks ultra bright. Um, so it looks like a dream sequence. But he eventually sees her down the hall, yells whatever this is this yours it was me from the bridge and he holds up her shoe cinderella style and she holds up like a bag that has i mean we hear it's a heart later on but i think you know it's hard, it's hard to tell exactly what it is but it's clearly something bloody it's clearly a, a body part of some kind some sort of organ and we have this moment where they're just staring at each other and she's holding a bag a bloody bag with a, an organ in it <laughs> he's holding a shoe and get this bandage on around his head and they're just staring at each other and it's like it's, it lingers there for so long as, as if they're having this like meet cute moment, uh, <laughs> and then a doctor comes stumbling out of the room behind him, bumps into him, and says, "Where did that woman go? She stole my heart." Just so our main character can go, "Yeah, mine too." <laughs> <laughs> what? What? This like this is a silly slapstick cartoon logic nonsense movie at this point. Like, yeah, no, oh, every, totally. Everything has been ridiculous. Yeah. No, I mean, like, if she stole, like... I mean, I, I don't know if it's saying, like, she stole someone's, uh, like, a cadaver's heart or, like, a heart that was supposed to be going to, like, a, a you know, transplant person. Like, <clears throat> but uh, either way, like, you know, the police would be investigating this because that's not, <laughs> you know, <laughs> organ theft is, like, a pretty serious matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, usually, yeah. It's a pretty, pretty big deal. And I, I guess we do get, like, that one cop or whatever kind of stumbling throughout the movie like later on but i don't, I don't know if he's representative of the uh <laughs> the french police force i don't oh, know i guess they're not the best yeah, he's super cliched as well he's just, he's just this guy in a trench coat with a pipe who claims he's a police officer and that's about it. <laughs> there's yeah. not really much more else to, to, to him uh yeah all, all of this is baffling so basically it turns out when the, so they, they, the friends show up at the hospital luckily they've got the suicide knot they found it uh, okay, maybe it'd have been nice to have them show that eureka moment where they actually stumbled sure. onto it somehow. But whatever. <laughs> um, and it just cuts to them outside her house. Like, <laughs> was her home address <laughs> on, yeah. on the suicide note? Very good question. Very, very specific. Good. Like very, very yeah. specific. Like. I, w- I would even be surprised if someone wrote their full name, unless they wanted it to, e- to be easy for the authorities to identify them, so maybe they put their full sure. name then. Yeah. But like, I feel like most people, if it's for a loved one, would just write their first name. Yeah. Yeah, or or or, or the relative term, like, you know, maybe, I don't know, your daughter or something. You know, like maybe if you were writing it specifically to your parents, you might just write that. The professor. <laughs> yeah, but you can write that, Tim. Uh so, uh, you you could write, uh, you know, I love you dearly. Uh, everyone betray me. I am done with this world. Signed, <laughs> signed, uh, tasteless hack. Oh my. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll workshop it. <laughs> uh, yes. 
I mean, I don't mean to make like a suicide, but I I have just stumbled. Right, right, right. I have just stumbled. We're making on... fun of the movie, not the. Yes, but yeah. I've I've just stumbled onto the realization that if I ever find myself in the position to write a suicide note, I am definitely <laughs> quoting the room, <laughs> in it. Yeah, sure. That's definitely <laughs> happening. Um, hey, it's my it's my own death. I'm allowed to make bad jokes while I'm doing it. If it were. <laughs> sure, yeah, I'll support uh... you in that. <laughs> Uh, I, I love the idea that maybe the people reading it wouldn't even get it either. They wouldn't get it as a reference. They would just take it as completely plain, straight-faced, <laughs> easy. And it, it wouldn't be until someone in the know reads it and then sort of says, this is a joke. <laughs> There's a joke in this. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... Yeah, this is, this is the way... So our hero, our main character, the guy we're supposed to be rooting for, has tracked her down to her house. He's a stalker. <laughs> All right. Now... I, I wouldn't necessarily say I, I couldn't buy him as a, a nice, nice character for tracking her down. Mm. Not, not so much out of the I, I'm in love with her, I must find her kind of angle, but, you know, I want to make sure she's okay. She tried to commit suicide, and just because I sure. stopped her didn't mean that she, she's okay now. So you, you, you could play this a different way, and it could seem very genuine and very nice. And, and, her, and you know, maybe he would have feelings for her because he saved her, but that wouldn't be the, the you know, at, at least on the surface, that wouldn't be the reason. Even if it right. is the reason deep down, he goes. Out, they go that's... up to they go, they go up to the door. John. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I was just gonna say. I mean, that's like never how they play it though. Like even yeah. before when he's telling his friends to find the note, he's saying like, "She's she could be the one." Like yeah. I love her. Like <laughs> like he like he clearly uh, you know has uh, not some weird not healthy obsession with her. Which, even before we get to the interaction here in a minute, like. Mm-hmm. Right after she tried to commit suicide and was saved, right now's right, right, the yeah. time to like flirt and make a move. Like she, like right. one, <laughs> he, he, like not only is it inappropriate for a number of reasons, but even just on a, on a raw, like if she felt that way the night before, then what you think she's going to just be like, yeah, okay, let's go on a date now. <laughs> like, cause yeah. her mental, she's not in the place for such a suggestion. It's all very I mean, like a- odd. Yeah, I, I mean, like, not to get, like, too dark, but, I mean, I, I, that does kind of sound like you would be, like, emotionally taking advantage of someone. Yeah, 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 like, um, you're trying to, like, be that shoulder to cry on because you know that. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, and, you know, depending on who the person is and what the problems they, they're having, you know, they may or may not mm. take that, you know, quote-unquote bait, but... So they get up to the door, and the two friends are there with them as well, right? So that they, so she's, she's, she's greeted with three people. Out of the door, <laughs> and she's almost a very standoff. She's kind of hiding behind the door. Uh, she's got blood in her hand, we we see briefly as well. Uh, oh yeah, which is actually kind of a weird thing as well, actually, because because she kind of like shows them away, and they're just going to leave. And then he's like, "Wait, did you see her hand? She she, she maybe try to kill herself again." So I need to go back and talk to her. Oh, and by the way, this again, the entire scene, our main character is wearing this bandana, and it, it looks like. <laughs> He just—it looks like he doesn't know how to put it on. It looks like it doesn't quite fit. It—it it just it looks like it's someone in the nineties trying to be cool, and it just <laughs> looks stupid. Uh, but they go back, talks to her. He says, "Like, please, 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 just talk, talk. To, I, I need to talk to you. So just you promise to promise me to meet me, like you know, later. And I'll if you know, and if you don't like me, we'll never speak again. Right? And it's, it sounds so desperate. And just to get rid of him, she basically says, "Sure, meet me here tomorrow." And it's like, 
this is this is how they're meeting. Like, first of all, the ridiculous of the bungee jump and the attempted suicide, but then he tracks her down. Basically, has to threaten or or the the carrot that he dangles out in front of her is promise to come see me on some kind of date, mm-hmm. and then I promise you'll never have to see me again if you don't want to. <laughs> It also feels like, I mean, we weren't really, you know, talking about this stuff back then, but it does feel like some weird and in, like incel stuff where it's like mm-hmm. that kind of notion of like, well, he's a nice guy, so he deserves to be with her. So like, you know, like he should just like be able to beg her enough and the woman will like, you know, feel the need that she has to <laughs> like it's, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, and I know that, you know, she's a werewolf and she's actually trying to, like, keep him safe. <laughs> so there's like a, a level here that's different to, like, normal things. But, yes. but can we just analyze that statement, right? So if, if you come, if we if you speak to me and you don't want to see me again, you'll never see me again. Mm-hmm. The implication of that is that if you don't speak to me, you're going to keep seeing me <laughs> until you do right. speak to me. <laughs> yeah which is harassment <laughs> so right no i mean yeah i mean this is the thing i mean we see this in a lot of entertainment where like you know i i I hope we're past it now but i mean yeah i feel like there's so much stuff in like the 80s and 90s like this where you're supposed to root for this guy because he's a nice guy but then when you really look at what he's saying uh yeah no he's a creep and he's harassing like it's not good <laughs> so then they have their weird date, which for some reason, again, we're back to like dumb teen sex comedy where like, the two guys are giving him advice saying, now you need to be cool, so wear the sunglasses and put this hat on. And also, here's some condoms in your pocket. And then they sort of, for some reason, they're in the same cafe and they spy on him whilst he's sitting talking to her. Like, everything about this is like, why are you also here? What's the yeah, point no, of this? <laughs> I will say, I did kind of laugh at, I forget exactly, like, what he says but at some point uh seraphine calls him out and says like well then like why are your friends here and then like the camera points over to them like looking you know behind like a comically large menu and then like (laughs) ducking their heads i did kind of like genuinely chuckle at that because uh i do like the implication that like yeah they are basically playing by sitcom rules but i like that seraphine is like not in the same world that they are so she is like calling them out on it like no, this is stupid. Why are you doing this? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that part of the scene, kind of, I mean, this scene, again, is kind of stupid, but, like, mm-hmm. yeah, her part in it is oddly kind of all right because she does yeah. kind of call everything <laughs> out. And basically, t- he's getting kind of nervous and he goes to, like, wipe his nose with, like, a, uh, like a tissue or something. And right. on the tissue, his friends have written a message saying, we'll give you X amount of sex points if you... Uh, boinker boinker was the phrase yes mm-hmm. and he doesn't see this but she does uh, as, as mm-hmm. he's like wiping his nose and says hey most guys who try to get with me are just trying to get in my pants you know what makes you like why are you, are you any different it's like oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I'm totally different like I'm very different and he goes to like take something out of his pocket and all the condoms come flying <laughs> out and then he tries it's like an absurd amount yeah condoms. and he tries to backtrack this by claiming that they're, they're gum they just look like condoms mm-hmm. So she goes to open one to prove what it is, and he grabs it out of her hand and shoves it in his mouth and starts chewing, just for some weird, like, gross-out humor of, like, him chewing a condom, and then says, blow me a bubble, because if you blow me a big bubble, that means you like me a lot. So he goes to blow a bubble. So we get this ridiculous, stupid teen sex comedy moment of him blowing a bubble out of a condom coming out of his mouth, and... 
like <laughs> it goes in some guy's soup <laughs> it goes it goes in some guy's soup but the, the, the visual is just like this is like where's it's... um where's tom what's his face Tom Green. Tom Green. Where's Tom Green? Tom Green should be in this movie. <laughs> you know, and like the scene is very stupid, but then it's also like doubly bad because again, there's like no chemistry between these two, and like the main actor is just he. I, I, like I don't necessarily want to say he's like a bad actor, but uh, he is definitely bad in this. I, I think, and like, yeah, because he he just doesn't really have like. I don't know. like it's not like the scene would not be stupid with like another actor but i feel like if he did have uh someone you know like i don't know sean william scott or something like they would at least have like a more charming level to play it at but i don't know he's just kind of like so stiff and like nervous and dumb it just it's i don't know it, it feels more awkward than like funny not that it would be funny anyway but yeah it's just so stupid <laughs> So she she walks off and mm-hmm. he gives chase. Yes. <laughs> Which you know he almost, he almost gets beaten up by the the guy. Oh, I there. almost forgot about this. That's right. We see an example of her super strength because she like knocks like the big guy back across the across the restaurant and everyone's like, "Whoa, that was like like a guy twice as big as her." <laughs> so. Yeah. And also, and I guess we didn't really mention it, but like, um, also it is pretty lucky that like, I I know in Europe, like, or, you know, just most other places like in the world, like people are more used to learning multiple languages and stuff, but still it is like pretty nice that almost everyone they run into speaks English. In oh yeah. Movie. Yeah. There's like a car driver at one point who doesn't seem to speak any English and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone else speaks perfect English, and that's just mm-hmm. uh, that's just that. Uh, it's almost like the setting of Paris, other than just having the Eiffel Tower <laughs> there, is is almost meaningless to the to the right. movie. Um, yeah. So it, it, it gives chase. Like they actually mm-hmm. almost have a, a, a kiss soon, uh, mm-hmm. where he says that he cares about her and stuff, and like some of the scenes are sort of blowing together. But I remember thinking here that it was like leaping to this point where he's kind of confessing feelings like I really care about you mm. and I'm like you caught her in a ridiculous bungee jump scene and then you've spoken to her for one extended conversation which was mostly mm. you trying to pretend that a condom was chewing gum yes <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, you've moved far beyond like mm. anything at this point mm. um I, I like I I don't I I even remember like how like I, I think uh, I don't remember what they do next, but they end up going back to hers to talk to her again, um, and it's a guy that's there instead. It, it ends up being the villain of the movie who's there, and he's like, "Oh hey, you guys, Americans, we love Americans. Why don't you come to this 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 uh, private party we're having later?" Um, and this is where I realize where uh, the the makers of the first Blade movie got the idea for their opening scene. Um, hey, come on. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. They have a party where it's mostly werewolves, but there's a few humans there for the feeding. And then, and, you know. You can give Blade more credit than that, though. There's <laughs> no way that they're being inspired by this movie. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a chance. I think there's a small chance. Mm. It's still a little bit of a chance. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm not saying the blade scene is not better shot or, you know, better in most ways, really, but um, 
I, I can't deny the similarities here. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> can't deny it. Uh, and it's at this point the friends kind of get split up. Um, yeah, she she goes to like a cage, kind of like Oz from the hit television show, but for the vampire slayer, she goes to like a cage mm-hmm. that she wants to be in. And clearly, she's like a good werewolf. She's trying not to hurt people. She doesn't want to uh, go out and cause chaos. Uh, but she insists on being let out by one of the friends who finds her because she finds out th- what party that Andy went to and she wants to go and help him and save him. So mm-hmm. we get chaos, you know, a big werewolf thing breaks out. But the the big thing to talk about during this, though, is the first transformation of <laughs> the werewolf. Sure. So it really focuses on the legs because it wants to show mm-hmm. that the... Uh, not only do they get hairy in that, but the fact that they kind of bend backwards because you get that extra, mm-hmm. you know, joint uh, sure. and, and a werewolf leg. Because werewolves, of course, you know, the, the anatomy of a werewolf is very well known in the scientific right, community. Right. Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking, but yeah. Right. And this is where we get a glimpse <laughs> of the CG, really for the first mm-hmm. time, is, is this sequence. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't... <sighs> Like, this is only two years after the Power Rangers movie, but it really made me think of the CG in that. Uh, it's was a very similar standard. And maybe even worse, though, because this is, like, doing fur, or it's trying to do fur. Yeah. And a lot of the time, it just looks like a smooth surface that's got a texture, because, like, like an old video game. It's... Yeah. It's really rough stuff. The animation looks really bad. They always look... They always stick out from the scene. They don't blend into the environment very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the first movie is so well known for for the the famous Rick Baker the, prosthetics and transformation right. sequence. Yeah, like that first transformation sequence uh, in the movie is like iconic. It's just absolutely stunning and just a like beautiful you know example of what practical effects can do. And yeah, this is like a Windows screensaver, <laughs> like <it's, laughs> like you can't compare them uh, at all, and uh and, and it sucks that like you know like the, there's a lot of like really great movies with practical effects, but like you know two of the big movies that you probably think of when you think of practical effects, or at least I think most horror fans do, would be like you know uh, American Werewolf in London and um, The Thing, and I feel like both got like you know late sequels that for some reason just decides to like really go in on the cgi and it just it does not look good yeah yeah uh it, it, i mean this is obviously much worse than the, the thing movie that comes out later but still not great yeah yeah but at least 2011 cg was a lot better than 1997 right, right, right. cg <laughs> so, uh, without a doubt yeah <laughs> definitely no denying that um yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of chaos here, but basically one of the friends gets killed. He's the one who's going to fill the role that was in the first movie of coming back as a dead, uh, you know, character, saying that, oh, the werewolf that killed me has to be killed for me to so the, move on, I, if you will. Right. So I guess the difference here, which I, I think does change up from the original movie, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong or misremembering it, but I thought in the original movie it was just whoever the werewolf kills they they see as a ghost now this this it just seems to be like werewolves can just see any ghost because his friend doesn't kill his friend no that's true 
And then he sure. also, and then there's also the really weird scene the next day where he sees the ghost of uh, Seraphine's mother. <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it seems to be up to the ghost which werewolves see them. <laughs> because I, I didn't get the feeling that everyone was seeing every ghost all the time. It was just kind of right, right. Uh, it's it's just strange. Like it's I, a weird. Yeah, like, I, I mean, this was this was the least of my problems with this. There was a lot more. Eager. I mean, sure, there's a, there's a lot yeah. more that's worse. It's just uh, I don't know is that's just like a really cool uh idea that they do in the first movie that I think you know that that makes it like a kind of a fun mythology and then here it just really muddies it and makes it oh, a lot stupider. I yeah. Think. Oh there's more mythology added in this. We we get like the cure for being a werewolf in this one. Just to cool. just to, to make it all you know sing home. Uh our main yeah. character does get scratched by a werewolf. Because um, so they're all in this nightclub. Everyone turns, you know, they lock the doors. Everyone turns into a werewolf, and they all start attacking everyone. Uh, and then for some reason, like it seems like everyone is stuck in the club except like the two, like the main character and his friend. Who, uh, oh yeah, because uh, the main character is being led through the um, these like underground tunnels <laughs> that's like connected to the nightclub. Uh, you know, from uh, Seraphine, and she's telling them like go. And the main character is so goddamn stupid because Seraphine is like transforming into a werewolf. Like her neck is bulging, and she's throwing bricks at him. He's just like looking at her, like, "What's going on? Like, are you <laughs> mad at me? Can we talk? Like, shut the hell up! Like, and this guy is so stupid. Like, run, you idiot!" Like, I, I, I am shocked he didn't say something like, are you on your period? <laughs> like, right, halfway yeah. through the transformation. Is that time of the month? <laughs> uh, I'm shocked he didn't say something like that. Um, now, so, but I, I don't have much to say about his, his scratch. The other guy, it's though... It's stupid, yeah. He, he just runs, yeah. and then, yeah, the, he escapes through a pipe where Will yeah. scratches him. Uh, but the third a guy... that he stabs with an iron uh, gate at one point. Yes. The third guy, though, with the curtains, uh, he was trapped in the cell that Seraphine was in. And we get like a whole bit, and this is like playing out as they're in the nightclub and it's, it's building up to the, the transformations happening where he actually strips down to his boxers, makes like mm -hmm. a, like a rope kind of thing out of all of his clothes uh, so mm -hmm. that he can throw it under a key that's on the wall across the room. And then he, he's got two chances. He's got two shoes. So he throws one shoe at the key, doesn't fall down. He's like, shit. And I'm like, well, you better hit the second one. He throws the second one. It falls down at his T-shirt and he's able to drag it back in. And he's, this this works. This genius plan. This Again, this is very slapstick, stupid cartoon comedy logic. But it works. He gets out of the, the cell. Now. But, yes. Well, this might sound a little weird, but I, I might actually have to give this movie a compliment here oh no uh one thing i do kind of like is uh, i and uh, again i don't think the movie executes it well but i do like the idea of you know he, he's locked in this room but then there's he's also kind of hearing like these noises and there's like um this closed off like medical curtain yeah in there. It's, 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 think of a hospital room where you've got a curtain around a bed there's like a curtain with a yeah. bed inside it yeah so uh they don't really you know end up executing it well but obviously there's like a you know a patient uh or like a sick person there that is actually a werewolf but i do like the i, I think it is like a cool visual kind of like hearing the beeping of the machine and then just seeing this like oddly placed like curtain and stuff and then knowing there's probably like a monster behind it and then yeah seeing like 
a werewolf strapped to the table that's like transforming and still trying to move even though it's you know uh was it didn't have like legs i i think yeah, yeah, the legs uh, were cut off, and it, it, it yeah. times all this so that he sort of discovers this right as the other transformations are happening. So yeah. you get, like, this werewolf who's it's strapped to the bed, so so the bed's coming with him, but he's kind of dragging himself along with the, the bed to get to this guy, and the guy's having to, like, sort of jump over him and yeah. whatever. So I would say um, it doesn't end up being executed very well. Like, I mean, of all the werewolf stuff in the movie, I would say this is the best, but it's still not great. But I think at least the idea and the concept, there is something there that, it's the you know, most, in better hands, it could have been cool. It's the most unique, and it may actually be... It's the, I mean, the effect still doesn't look good, but because you you don't have the animation of the werewolf walking, and a, right, lot of, yeah. a lot of it is the reverse shot of just seeing the bed drag towards them, mm-hmm. it, it's actually probably the most visually... Not impressive, but... Uh, competent. It's the most visually competent right, yeah. literal scene uh, <laughs> of all the of all the scenes in the movies. Um, yeah, so very bad movie, but hey, I'll give it a little compliment for that. Yeah, but uh, our, our main character <laughs> wakes up in Seraphine's bed the next day, and she comes in. She's all concerned. She brings him a drink, and the drink, by the way, is actually like uh, there's there's two hearts that have been blended together into a, a beverage. Um, she knows the- <laughs> she knows he's been turned. Yeah. And so, and this is a weird thing though. Like, was there a thing like, do they have to eat hearts? Like, is that a not, thing? <laughs> not in the first movie, but in this movie, yes. In this, in this movie, they eat hearts. And if you eat the heart of the werewolf that made you a werewolf, you are cured. Of course. <laughs> Perfect sense. That's what they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> so, they. they so that is, this is the scene I kind of alluded to this earlier, but this is a scene where he's kind of freaking out, uh, and she jumps on top of the bed, right? So she jumps on top of him, and within seconds, rips off her shirt, grabs his hands, places them on her boobs, and says, "This will calm you down. No, you need to calm down." And it's this weird scene, and but then like her the, the so the, the her dead grandmother like appears yeah. next to the bed and he freaks out so, and uh, now i want to say something here though he he mm-hmm. so there's a fake out here where then he wakes up and mm-hmm. it's like oh okay that makes sense that was a fantasy because what she did there was super unnatural and it was almost like an alien who doesn't understand sex was just using it as a tool <laughs> and isn't a normal yeah. human being because this is the thing she may be a werewolf now but she still grew up through adolescence as a human being she still went through the same puberty <laughs> that everyone else did that so her yeah. attitude here being so clinical is kind of weird so i think we well, well I, 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 let me finish okay, okay right so she comes in and then she jumps on him again and it's like wait we're doing this again she rips off the top but this time it's like a werewolf chest and it's like ah but then he wakes <laughs> up but when he wakes up this time he wakes up with his hands already on her boobs. So it's like a double fake out because the first the first time when she was lying on top of him with her boobs out was real. And he had right. this weird vivid middle dream in the middle of it. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> it's a very convoluted, uh, weird fake out, which mm-hmm. I'll give them credit. I did not see it jumping back to the original thing and saying, oh no, that was real. <laughs> yeah. Now, the... Uh... Uh, what I was going to mention is uh, I, I think it was during the when she transforms uh, that you actually see like 
which when she transforms into a wolf she gets like eight nipples or something i don't know if you caught that i did not but uh thank you for okay. telling me yes yeah <laughs> i was like oh it's like i don't know it's just one of those weird things like uh, i don't know it's supposed to be funny but we don't really need uh, to see no. that um also the uh i don't know if this is like a big fan theory or something or if a lot of people have uh this idea or whatever but on the other podcast i was listening to that was talking about this um some people said that when they have that little scene or, or whatever of the the ghost mom uh some people i guess say that that's supposed to be the nurse from the first movie and that uh julie delby's character is supposed to be the daughter of the nurse and uh the main guy from the first one which i I don't know if that's if there's any cadence to that, but it's really uh, very weird if that's true, because that would probably make her character like, what, 15, 16 or something? <laughs> if, yeah, if you go in real time, it would be extremely weird. I, I guess yeah. they're latching onto that because the dad is a stepdad dimension at one point. So Yeah, and I, I think the reasoning is that, that yeah, the, the person that's dead is in a uh, nurse's uniform. And I think she says like one thing or something, but it's like British. So I guess that's the theory behind it. But I mean, again, who, who could possibly care? Yeah. I don't <laughs> care. That's, that's, that's the main thing I would say about that is I just don't care. Um, but that, this is where the movie kind of takes a downturn. Uh, the villain guy shows up, he ends up diving through the window. He goes in one police run into him. And from here, and I, I wanted to, you know, because we're spending a lot of time in a lot of these scenes, so from here I wanted right. to condense a little bit of this. Sure. There's a chunk of the movie here where he goes through, like he starts to, like his super hearing kicks in, uh, some of his senses heighten, he goes to a restaurant and just keeps ordering steaks and demanding to be bloody, mm -hmm. and nothing's sad. Obviously he needs hearts, right? He needs a human heart. That's, that's the, yep. what it's getting at. But... We, and then we and walks the mum from Modern Family, right? Uh, obviously, <laughs> yeah. much younger, like in her mid twenties or whatever. Here, and immediately, like he starts, like she, she's like insanely attracted to him, and it's really weird because he's been eating steaks with his bare hands, so his hands are all greasy, his mouth's all greasy. He, it looks very gross, and one of the things like she is immediately attracted to him is because he's American, which seems like kind of weird, like. You know, she like she's like a young, attractive woman. I feel like if she likes American guys, she could probably easily find American guys to hook up with, like in America. I don't know why she's on vacation in Europe and is like look like it, on the lookout for American. It's guys. weird. She's so excited by finding another American. Yeah, it's yeah. odd. Um, <laughs> but she's like so turned on by everything. Like he's oh, he's wild. He's an animal. He's um, and they end up going to a cemetery. To possibly have visit, sex. Uh, Jim Morrison's grave. That's right, yes. <laughs> and the, so the weird things about this is that there's someone following them, which turns out to be a cop, uh, which whatever, fine. Um, but there's some comedy with that, with him, like him trying to look inconspicuous and so on. Yeah. But, and uh, one thing I will say real quick, sorry, but uh, the <laughs> there was a scene that did kind of generally make me laugh when <clears throat> they were at the restaurant, they're just getting like super drunk. And like, it, it is kind of funny to me, like, he is so over the top, like being like dumb and like saying these very like, you know, weird, creepy stuff. But like they do that dumb, like comedic thing where she's like into everything and just like thinks of it like, wow, you're like you're like an animal or you know what I mean? Like it's very like dumb, like kind of winky stuff. But um, 
I, I forget what he does, but like I, I think the yeah, like Andy like does something um where he like falls over and stuff and then like uh uh yeah, Julie Bowen's uh, character is like so drunk, like she's just laughing and kinda like falls over too when uh I don't know, it was a good performance from her. I, I kinda laughed, but um other though otherwise though, her character is actually pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah, she's just kinda this dumb, shallow character like there's not a lot to light there but they go at the grave and like they're surrounded by romantic candles as they're starting to have sex mm-hmm. on this and i'm like i mean maybe people come and light candles since it's a famous grave but like mm-hmm. it just felt so weird like did they light all these did they set up all these candles so it was romantic Good question yeah. it was a bit <laughs> odd um but he starts transforming during sex um and there's some puns there of course of her going oh you're so hot like really hot like mm-hmm. you know, the idea being that well he's well he's actually making contact with her that his skin's starting to be and super you know well hot did they mention because it feels like this was just like the next day so it shouldn't be another full moon right like, unless they're going with like buffy rules which is like it's not just the one night it's like the, the night and yeah. before and after it's you know it's the surrounding kind of Okay. Filming period, but well, it's pretty full, right? you know. Like, yeah, it, it's mostly full. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, Fair. clearly they don't just turn every night though, because a big part of the plot later is that the the vampire, right. not the vampire, sorry, the werewolf cult <laughs> want this drug that can transform them at any day of the month. Like that's a big part of the plot later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Very uh, but he, he transforms. He kills her. He kills the cop. He wakes up <laughs> naked. The cop was just horrible. <laughs> Yeah, he wakes up naked next to like the body of a dead dog that was there as well that he's also killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the police obviously want to arrest him because why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this is all very suspicious. Um, and yeah, like, like all all of this is just whatever. Like so, uh, yeah. Thanks. I, I do feel like this is where the movie kind of. I mean, it's already kind of been on a downward slope, but like. I don't know that like from here it does just kind of be like all right like the joke's kind of over like I, I I'm kind of like done laughing at this movie it's just kind of bad from this point on and it kind of like blurs yeah a bit. I I have been done with it for a little bit at this point as well yeah. um the the call end up getting to him though and uh like I, I I'll I'll be honest I didn't necessarily hear everything the guy said as he was explaining the the history of this cult and why yeah it it was basically just werewolf neo Nazis is what it boils down to um you know it yeah it it seems like such a weird thing to introduce because the movie has felt so much like at first it's like a teen sex movie and then it's like well now it's like this you know there's werewolves but it's more like you know still a romantic thing where he's you know in love with this like woman and stuff and like i don't know it feels like they're introducing this werewolf cult like way too late it's like I cannot care at this point, movie. Like, also, this, this is too much. <laughs> I, I, I think a big point here as well is that when uh, Julia Debley's character shows back up, when uh, oh right, right, when she shows back up a, a little bit later after the cult try to get him to kill his friend and whatever, like I remember thinking, wait, it's actually been a while since we've seen you. It's all, like, I almost forgot you existed because we went like a good twenty five minutes without you. Yeah, it was kind of weird because you know we went through all the stuff with him on his own, and then with uh, uh, the other woman and the, the, the murder, and then the cult yeah. getting to him. Like a lot of stuff happened where she was just not mentioned, and because it was it never cut to her to show, just remind us she's doing stuff. Yeah. It never gave us any hint then, of her. Yeah, so like there's one point where he's like on the run, and she's like. 
you know, pops up and is like, hey, over here, because she wants them to kill him so she can be free. And then I think that's when the, uh, you know, other friend ghost, which we didn't even really mention, like the other friend, you know, gets murdered at the nightclub in a uh, very disappointing way. They just cut to nothing and like, we, some we, blood. We mentioned that. <laughs> I, I think we didn't really mention exactly like what it shows, though, but I mean, it doesn't show anything, but uh, yeah, it's so that's very... the point. Yeah, but I just said he, yeah. the one friend died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean i think it's we can point out though that it's like because what's surprising to me is this movie is r but like there's like very little like gore like no. you, you know like that would be like a big death in the movie that you know they literally just cut away to some blood like coming out of a stream <laughs> like like there's nothing there um but, you know, he shows up and he's like, oh, no, like, you, you can't kill him. Like, I want him to kill the guy that killed me, uh, which I, I think there could be something interesting there where you kind of have, like, dueling ghosts. Like, one ghost is like, nah, you kill yourself. And the other's like, no, like, you're my friend. Like, uh, I want you to stay alive. But again, it's like one scene. It's like the movie forgot about him. Like, oh, we should put this here. And then they completely forget about it again. Yeah, but it's worth mentioning the second friend, the one with the curtain tear who was in the mm -hmm. cell. He's not dead. He, he's been held captive by the cult. He's not dead. We should yeah. make that clear. If you can remember him at all. <laughs> if, well, he's, he's still yeah. there at the end. I mean, he survives the whole movie. I know. Movie. I'm <laughs> saying, like, at this point in the movie, though, I've completely forgot about oh, him. Oh, for sure. No, no. Yeah, no. Like, he's, he's just kind of afterthought at this point, which is weird, yeah. because the first, like, half an hour with us, it was him and these two goofy friends. They were a trio. Yeah. And then, the, like, they're so long forgotten by this point. It's kind of weird. <laughs> um but this is where we get some other backstory. The guy we saw at the start in the lab coat is actually her stepdad. He mm -hmm. was trying to develop a cure for her, and it kind of had the opposite effect where it turned her into a werewolf when they weren't expecting it, which is why that's why he was running. That's how he, he got turned into a werewolf, but also lost his legs, was in that attack. So she's been trying... Oh, he's the guy from the beginning? Yeah. I think I didn't even put that together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you see him lying there. It's the same guy. That makes sense, yeah. He's got the, the white goatee and stuff. But, um, oh, right, right, yeah. I, I think I just, like, so checked out the movie by that point. Yeah. I was, like, was even thinking about that. So so that's right. him, and they they realize that the the criminals, the, the cult of, uh, the, cult of the, the society Chucky. of werewolves, they stole all of this because they actually love the idea of being able to, like, trigger a transformation <laughs> any day of the month. So My they cat. set up a 4th of July party. <laughs> in France and Paris, uh, Americans only, uh, just so they can lure it's a not bunch. Suspicious. Yeah, alert lure a bunch of tourists to this weird desolate mm -hmm. location, so they can spring this trap and just murder tons and tons of people and eat lots of hearts. Yeah, I mean, even if like I didn't think it was a werewolf thing, I would still look at that and be like, "Oh, no way in hell I'm going!" Like that, they're just gonna like steal your passport or something. Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> even werewolves aside, that's not a good sign. Yeah, so obviously our main characters want to go and stop them. Um, mm. they, they try and tell them inside. There's so much stuff that our main character does that makes him look the biggest criminal to the police guy who shows up. <laughs> like, the way he grabs someone's gun, the way he, like, starts shooting the werewolves, but they don't know they're werewolves yet because they're still human. Uh, but, mm. yeah, the, the werewolves inject themselves with a the drug. They turn it and they transform. There's chaos everywhere. There's a, a whole thing where... Uh, Julia Depley has to. She basically does the, the the hot fuzz thing where she drops like a gargoyle onto like a guy's head, <laughs> so that she can like take away the blockade because the guy's like blocking the door with a big tractor or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But a lot of this is just like boring shit where they end up in tunnels and they're running mm-hmm. around in tunnels and she injects herself with the, the thing to fight another werewolf because otherwise, you know, someone's in trouble. So <coughs> she fights. There's a werewolf fight where they both look identical. You can't, you don't know who's who. <laughs> Uh, which I guess they try and use a little bit because then our main character shows up and shoots one and you're like, okay, he shot her. Of course he shot her. Like, who else was he going to shoot? This is what you do for the drama. Yeah. And then also just to point out, like, this is super boring because it's like we already had, like, the one big set piece in the movie, which was this nightclub and the tunnels and all this. And it feels like you're literally just showing us the same thing that we saw, like, 30 minutes ago or whatever. Like, it's weird to just retread to this, like, one place. Yeah, eventually, uh, like, because so, uh, the, the werewolves die quite easily in this, you know, just some gunshots, and, <laughs> which, to be fair, was kind of set up at the end of the first movie because he was just shot to death by the sure. police at the end. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of established that, yeah, regular weapons will kill a werewolf. Fine, whatever. But um, he's taken out multiple werewolves with just one gun, and it's it's been so easy. He ends up chasing the main one uh, <laughs> to a subway, Right, so they end up in a subway track, and they end up on a train. Uh, it's funny how bullets will stop a werewolf, but getting hit by the subway train doesn't. But whatever. <laughs> um, they end up fighting on the subway car. The passengers all retreat to the other car, and they're all sort of watching through the window. And he uh, transforms back into a human. Uh, mm. Does the werewolf? Um, but he's he's got more he's got more vials of this stuff and he's got a syringe and he's ready to do it. Mm-hmm. So they end up fighting each other and he's trying to, the main characters try to stop him from doing it. And it does that thing where he accidentally stabs himself with it. So our main character turns into a werewolf and we get this horrible CG of him <laughs> as a werewolf ripping out the heart of the bad guy and eating the heart. Like we get the thing Whoa. where he's sort of gulping it like a like a dinosaur eating a fish, like a velociraptor <laughs> eating a fish or something like that. Yeah. Uh, it's all very ridiculous, big and silly. Uh, we we glossed over the fact that Julia Depley, when she's like lying there with some bullet wounds, is like, "Hey, take this knife and stab me and eat my heart so that you'll be free." <laughs> and he's like, "No, I'm not going to do it." No, and then he has the big dramatic realization when he sees the scar on the bad guy that it wasn't her that turned him at all; it was the bad guy. So what? this this eating of the heart of the bad guy cures him. Uh, does it cure her as well somehow? Did, did, did he also maybe turn her or something? Because it feels at, at, at the end it feels like oh it's a happy ending. It feels like they're both cured, but I don't know if there yeah. was a specific way that she got cured. Um, but apparently, Possibly. no one comes after him, despite the fact that it looked like he killed a bunch of people. Uh, in the right. context of the the police's eyes, which by, mm. by the way, there was also like a like another like detective showed up, like a woman who was in charge, who like. Mm. There was there was a little bit of comedy with her where she told someone to like stop him from running away and the guy immediately just started shooting at him and then she slaps him in the head and goes I didn't say shoot him and it's all played for <laughs> just silly laughs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all of this is just really dull and boring, but it has to give us one last stupid scene, doesn't it? So we skip <laughs> ahead. It says many full moons later. Haha. <laughs> and we're, we're we don't know where we are quite yet, right? But we're clearly somewhere weird. It, was, it, it, it looks like a maintenance room or something or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's our main characters. He's had a bit of a haircut. She's in a wedding dress. And they're talking mm-hmm. like, you sure you're ready to do this? Like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I love you. I love you. Which, by the way, uh, the first time she said she loved him or that she cared about him in the movie, like earlier on, 
I rolled my eyes because there was no re- <laughs> there was no reason why at that point she should already be like, mm-hmm. oh, I care about you. It was yeah nonsense. Stupid. <laughs> the end of the movie is that they are going to bungee jump together as a married couple in their wedding, you know, tux and dress mm-hmm. off of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> so the, the end of this is that the, the doofus friend who's still alive, because the other one, the other one actually faded away when, when, uh, well, you know, when one of the werewolves got shot, the, was killed. yeah, the yeah. ghost friend kind of faded away and went to the afterlife. So we hurry <laughs> for him. But this yeah. doofus friend is looking for the rings, right? Even though there's no priest or anything to actually, you know, do the wedding, <laughs> you know, right. uh, as you do. But they end up, uh, you know, diving off the edge to go and grab the rings which have been dropped and mm. turns out only one of the bungees has been connected of course yeah. but of course they catch each other just like at the start some of the, the the green screen and the effects here is just laughable this is how the movie yeah. ends the movie ends with them dangling upside down and and wedding attire it, it's so stupid uh it looks oh. really I was going to say, think of the end of the first movie, and I'm not saying it has to be a downer <laughs> again, but think of like how like sad and real and how poignant it felt. And then this, mm. not only does it end with a happy ending, it ends with this ridiculous. Like, if you if you had went back in time and told someone, oh by the way, the sequel to this, America from London, <laughs> the sequel is going to end with a newly married couple bungee jumping <laughs> off the Statue of Liberty to catch their wedding rings. What would your what would your reaction to that be, Tim? Oh, I would, um, I would say I, I don't want to, uh, what, do you know, um, do you watch that show, uh, I, I think you should leave? Uh, uh it's like I, a Netflix sketch show. It's memed a lot. I don't know if you've seen I don't think some I, of the memes. Maybe I've seen some memes from it, but I've never watched it. Well, there's like a meme that goes around with it. Cause there's like a sketch of where it's like one of those things where like a guy's on a prank show and he's getting like all this makeup, to, uh, done to like, look up like a like a different person and he's gonna like you know go into the mall and prank some people and and basically like the joke part of it is is that like the the makeup like looks like really bad so like he he gets into the like the mall and he just looks like this misshapen monster but like he also like having like a lot of trouble like breathing and moving so like he has like you know these like hidden camera people they're like all right i forget like what his name is but like all right like go like take that guy's food tray or something but like he's just standing there frozen and he's just like i hate this i can't move and like one of the things he says that gets memed a lot is like uh he says like i don't want to be around anymore uh and it's just like this guy in this like really weird makeup um you know just saying i, I don't want to be around anymore but basically if you've seen that meme that that is what my reaction would be to if someone went back in time and, and told me that in this movie i would just i think i would just say like yeah i don't want to be around anymore i can't believe how stupid this movie is. i can't believe how silly and ridiculous <laughs> it is like, I was expecting, like, a dull, just poorly made werewolf movie. I was right, not yeah. expecting this. <laughs> this is uh, this is why I wanted to do it, because I think there's... It's a very bad movie, but at least it's bad in a way that we can talk about. Where, oh, you know, some... There's stuff to talk about. There's no denying there was stuff to talk about in this. <laughs> I mean... It, you know the crazy part is is like there's a lot we didn't even mention yet like how could we like we didn't even talk about the werewolf vision oh yeah the pov shot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but <clears throat> yeah no i mean i i agree this is like 
really insane, which I, I mean, I guess makes it a little more interesting than just like some forgettable sequel that's just kind of retreading everything. But at the same time, though, it, it does like make it so much worse. Um, it is a shame that it does kind of hit that low about eh, maybe like halfway through or so, uh, or because I don't know, like, again, that like opening part, you know, it's very bad. But if it did kind of keep up that energy, this might be like, you know, uh, one of those bad movies that we talk about more. Uh, but I can kind of see why, you know, maybe it, it, it is not always brought up. Because, um, yeah, uh, it does, I don't know, just ultimately end up being, you know, kind of forgettable in, in that second half. But, man, there's just some, like, <clears throat> wildness and 90s cheesiness and it's uh it's something <laughs> yeah know. every time an 80s track started to play out like yeah. i was start, i noticed that i rolled my eyes um <laughs> it's such it's just of such an era it's it's so the 90s yeah the 90s are very weird because there's like there's definitely like stuff that i feel nostalgic about but then there's also like a lot more stuff that I feel very like cringy about, but like, I feel like when you do like a lot of like throwback stuff, like, you know, to the eighties or seventies, like stuff like the, you know, like the fashion and the music, like that stuff doesn't bother me, uh, you know, that much usually, um, you know, in fact, I usually quite enjoy it, but then like, for some reason, like nineties stuff, maybe it's just because that's when I was more aware, you know, and growing up, uh, it's just hard to look at. I remember, yeah, maybe it is, but like, Maybe there is something to be said. I mean, maybe it's just, there's, it's just the worst decade. There was a lot of just true. worst choices and tastes and fashions and whatever. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's kind of odd. I, I think there's like, I think the problem with 90s in terms of like the music and maybe the tone that this is trying to go for versus like a silly 80s movie. Mm. Uh, this is maybe like a broader idea as well, but is that maybe the, the genuine sincerity of the silliness <laughs> of some of stuff that was in the 80s. Sure. Maybe... The reaction to that in the 90s was like, no, we're edgy and cool. We're not, you know. But the, the irony being is that they end up just I, as silly, if not sillier. They just have this, like, sheen of, like, pretending to be edgy whilst doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's, um, yeah, what a lot of the big problem is that, you know, everything is trying to be extreme. Like, <clears throat> you know, even, like, the whole idea of just, like, you know, like, all this, like, bungee jumping and, and crap that you got to put in it just to make it, like, hardcore cool and radical like it, it's just annoying <laughs> like trying too hard i mean it's definitely going to be the first movie that comes to mind when someone talks about bungee jumping for me now i'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say that much also the, the thing that's like so funny about it and again i don't know anything about bungee jumping so correct me if i'm wrong but like <laughs> i feel like you really very very carefully have to like pick the place you're going to do it from because there is such a risk of you know bouncing up and hitting your head <clears throat> that you wouldn't want to do something like oh i don't know like monuments that have like different like ridges and stuff like <laughs> jutting out that would be very easy to hit your head on like you probably yeah. want stuff like bridges that are like a flat surface that you know you're not gonna hit and i, I have to assume that you know they knew the, what they were jumping from and the exact height right because you kind of have to measure a bungee rope very specifically. Exactly. Because, yeah. you know, it's going to extend a certain amount. You don't want to hit the ground. Like, yeah. you don't want to misjudge it and then still hit the ground before you, you know, bungee. Very true. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good, that's a good start. Oh. Uh, and they were close. They were close to the ground because she dropped safely yeah. from like five feet or something, whatever it was. Yes. So, <laughs> 
yeah all right i think it's time to rate this this uh right. this movie so what are you uh what are you giving it uh, so I feel like I have been kind of harsh, uh, lately. I feel like I've been giving out some twos <laughs> since I've gotten back. <laughs> um, so I, I do think this movie is worse <laughs> than some of the movie, the, the bad movies that, uh, we've done recently. Um, for example, the, uh, I'm assuming the spiral review will be out by now. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I thought that was very bad. Um, I think I gave that a two, but I, I do think this movie is is definitely a, a worse made movie. But I think I'm gonna go a little bit higher and give it a three, just because there is that there is a little bit something entertaining watching some of the cheesiness, the nineties the dumbness, the outrageousness of it was like easy, you're saying. It's an easier watch, right? I mean, that's yeah, what it boils down to, really. And. And like, uh, not something you want to watch often, but you want to see at least once. Cause like you were saying before, like, it's kind of hard to believe. Like if someone's describing it to you, it's kind of like, no, they, they wouldn't do that. No, no, no. But when you watch it, it, it you know, it is one of those movies that's like, wow, they really went for this, uh, despite how bad it is. So I, I can't imagine uh, the thought yeah. process of like <clears throat> coming up. Cause it's the, cause part, part of me is like, well, Maybe the whole bungee thing and the, the points thing is, is just to justify how they're going to save this woman or something. But, but then, right. but then they, they clearly wanted to do the bungee jumping thing because they bookend the movie with another bungee jumping scene. So right. I, I can't imagine <laughs> just the, 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 the pitching process of like, oh, we'll have a big set piece moment that kind of, you know, their, their meet cute is going to be her, yeah. her trying to commit suicide and him is rescuing her with bungee jumping. Yeah, and, and again, like, it's such a weird thing to bring up all this Daredevil stuff and then really, like, not ever mention it again. Like, there's so mm -hmm. much stuff you could have done, like, you could have had, like, you know, one of the guys is like, hey, I just, like, I just escaped from a werewolf. Like, that's got to be 100 points, right? Or, like, I don't have him get bit by the werewolf, but, like, keep wanting to go, like, do his stunts and stuff. But now he's doing it, like, with werewolf abilities and, like, going, like, whoa, like, hey, your rope snapped, but you, like climb down the building or whatever like how'd you do that like there's so much stuff that you could have done again not that it would have been good but yeah it actually sounds really annoying but at least it would have made sense <laughs> given right, right, the, right. The, the, the setup but yes yes you're right in tim there you, you said actually you said three, uh, three 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 yeah uh yeah yeah i think i think i'm in the same wavelength uh mm -hmm. there's enough ridiculous stuff in it that it's worth watching once yeah and taking <laughs> some of that ridiculous stuff in it really it, it, like it is um but it's not good obviously it's just in fact very very bad and as a serious sequel to something it is a complete and utter failure it's it, right. it not even just a serious sequel but even as a sequel that feels like it belongs with the other film it's a complete failure so uh you know of any quality yeah so uh i, I was reading the wikipedia and uh i again i'm in from what i can tell on there um I mentioned before, it looks like John Landis did try to write an original uh, thing for it that they rejected. And uh, I think he, in the Wikipedia, I think it said something like he was a little bit annoyed after they rejected it. So he said, just do whatever and give me money. <laughs> and then, uh, which is exactly what I did. And I think uh, later someone asked him about it uh, and he said, uh, I watched that movie and I thought it was lousy. <laughs> I think uh, was his takeaway. Indeed it if was. Wikipedia is to believe believed. <laughs> I mean, Hey, and it was lousy. So I mean, 
Right. But yeah. It, it tracks. It tracks with reality. <laughs> I mean, reality. that's like generous. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it tracks with reality, so I, I can't fault that. Um. All right. Well, there you go. That's uh, American Wolf in Paris. Uh, the saga that was. Um. Tim is going to post for the thumbnail, so uh, I don't know what he's going to do for this. Uh, how, how do you get bungee jumping across <laughs> while you're sitting in a chair? But <laughs> all right, here we go. Three, two, one. Pause. That's going to be a nightmare to cut around, but okay. I'll see. Yeah, I, I gotta can... do the '90s extreme. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it. Um. Uh, so yes uh, you can of course support everything we do by liking subscribing commenting dinging the bell for notifications all those things help on youtube and of course you can support us financially over at patreon.com slash tv for as little as one dollar per month and get some bonuses for your trouble and of course i will thank our patreon producers uh what time are you looking at <laughs> don't worry about it Alright, alright. Uh, so thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Bordeaux, Al Traisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. They are our Patreon producers. Thank so thank you to all of you. Um, and of course you can catch us on Twitter at Screams Midnight for all your male fuzz movies and needs. Uh, so yeah. Uh, that's that's the plugging done. Mm-hmm. This has been Screams After Midnight. <laughs> It's been an epic one, actually, to be honest. Uh, so, look forward to the next one, which Tim says he's got an idea, and I'm a little bit worried. I, I, I've got an idea for something that might be a good movie that I've not seen before, and Tim's got this sick smile on his face that was like, I'll tell you about it later. He would tell me about it when I asked. So, uh, but we do have some big new stuff coming out, of course, which we're going to cover. Don't worry, Halloween Kills is definitely happening. Uh, new Candyman, definitely happening. Uh, and I don't know what else we said we're definitely doing, but uh, there was a couple of paranormal ones. activity. <laughs> oh god! Hmm. Hmm. Oh, I, I think we might look at the uh, the new uh, slumber party massacre. Uh, oh sure, sure. That was one that I think we we, we pinpointed. Uh, but anyway, so look forward to all these things. But uh, thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, and we'll see you next time. Oh.